0: I'm yawning. <sighs> I'm yawning. You are listening to The Dollop. This is an American History podcast. Each week, I read a story from American History to my friend, Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is about. And it's American History. A lot of you guys want to send me serial killer stories from Germany. That's not America. Oh, dude, we got to do a Holocaust
1: dollop. That'll be the funniest, <laughs> the Jesus best.
0: Christ, that's a Some good call. Of the stuff that people send me. Did you hear about the kid, who, the guy who molested a thousand kids? I did hear about. Yeah, that. do and that. There's nothing funny. Love to about hear you. how you
1: guys riff on that one. God. Do an Ed Gein
0: one. Oh, so gross. <laughs>
1: God, you want to look hit a dude? I'll do one bottle.
0: <laughs> people say this is funny?
1: Not Gary Garrow.
0: Dave, okay. Someone or something is tickling people. Is it for fun? And this is not going to become the Tickling Podcast. Okay. You <laughs> are Queen Fakie of made Uptown.
1: All hail Queen Shit of Liesville. <laughs> a bunch of religious virgins go to mingle. And do what? Pray. Hi, well,
0: Gary. No. sit done, my friend. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> June 28, 1813. Mm Mm-hmm. Oren Porter Rockwell was born in Belcher, Massachusetts. Okay. To a farmer and Sarah Rockwell. Uh, He was named after his father, but they threw an extra R in, the Oren. So his father's got two O-R-I-N, and the son is O-R-R-I-N. Okay, so it's so that, totally different. Yeah, you'd be able to completely tell them different. You can
1: establish your own individuality when you call now. the
0: house in future yeah. generations, you'll say, can I talk to Orin? And they'll say, one R or two R's. Yeah, okay, that's good. <clears throat> he was the second of nine sons and daughters. When he was four years old, the family moved to Palmyra, New York, ten miles away from what would become the Fox Sisters' house. Remember the Fox Sisters? Which ones from were they? The spiritualist. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. right. And uh, the burned over district. Sure. Very early on, now the Burned Over District, uh, Central New York State was experiencing the Second Great Awakening, a time of numerous religious revivals by various denominations, especially Methodists and <laughs> Baptists. Oh man! So this is a point in America where the the Americans are heading out into the uh, the madness of the wilderness. And out there, there is not the organized religion is not really organized. So people are coming up with their own offshoots of shit left and right. Right, it's getting a little crazy out there.
1: I'd like that time. It it sounds kind of just like a, uh, just kind of like uh, a trade show. A little bit, like it's kind of like we walk around a trade show a little bit. Yep, kind of soak up what's going on. What are you offering? Mm. I'm offering a headless chicken. <laughs> oh God, no, Farmer Olson. <laughs> that might be in the future.
0: No, that's the previous. Okay. In 1918, the Smith family moved into the farm next door to the Rockwells. The Smith family was known to dabble in folk magic, such as divining or using a dowsing rod and uh, searching for treasure with a seer stone or a peep stone, which is either a clear stone to look into like a crystal ball or a stone with holes in it to look through. Yeah,
1: good. So that's, that's smart. Science. Sort of like rock glasses, really. Do you is know what, what it science is? Yeah, science. science. Yeah. This is obvious. If yeah. you
0: find a hole, a rock with a hole in it, you can look through it to find Anything treasure. Everything's different. Yeah, that's Just, how you find treasure.
1: Of course, dude. Science. <laughs> Any religion where you have to look through a hole in a rock to know more? Yeah, Mom out.
0: Look, we found a a treasure finding rock. We gonna be rich, ma. Richard tells you. Oh, boy. The Lord hath blessed us. The grand, grandfather, father, and mother of the family all reported to have religious visions and dreams that they followed, though they did not belong to a church. Okay. So we're starting to we're getting in there. So
1: they're... Wait, is it, they're starting... They're
0: we all having visions. Right.
1: But this is going to be like they're going to create their own... I don't know what's going to happen. We'll have to stay tuned. Fucking bullshit. Mm-hmm.
0: They were described by a contemporary critic as, quote, lazy, ignorant, and superstitious, having yeah. a firm belief in ghosts and witches, the telling of fortunes, pretending to believe that the earth was filled with hidden treasures. Okay. <laughs> okay. So
1: Earth's a piñata. <laughs> Now use this rock and let's smash through it.
0: If we can just get down deep enough, we can find all of the crowns. Look at Earth's candy. (laughs) All the crowns. Inside the
1: Earth is the king of Earth. He lives in the middle, which is made of
0: chocolate. I'm a doctor and a scientist. Look through this hole in a rock. Oh, fuck me, that's amazing. Um, where well, they believe that the treasure was hidden there by Captain Kidd or the Spaniards. <laughs> I mean, there's yes. just a stretching of reality there. Yeah. Being miserably poor and, and not much disposed to obtain an honest livelihood by labor, the energies of their minds seem to be most directed towards finding where these treasures were concealed. <laughs> and the best mode of acquiring their possession.
1: Okay, so we're, we're, we've are we already established now that these people are going to waste their lives. We don't know
0: that. Yes, we do. At the age of three, uh, oh no, at the age of 10, sorry, Porter Rockwell broke his leg. Okay. Now, the backwoods doctor who did it um, said it, apparently did a poor job. If you can imagine that. Uh, yeah, I'm shocked. A uh, backwards <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've already learned about doctors, so he wasn't actually a doctor. He was like a guy who rubbed down horses. Yeah,
1: right. Okay, same thing. That's what you want working on your leg.
0: He also put up a sign that said, can fix legs! Yeah. In his front. Non-leg fixer! <laughs> well, I'll give it a shot. So it left Porter with uh, one leg two inches shorter than the other and a lifelong limp. Mm. The shorter Porter. Now, the Smith boy also had a limp. Okay. So you see where things are coming together. These two are just going to walk around in circles for the rest of their lives? At the time, it was expected all young men would join the local militia or turn to farming, but due to his limp, Porter was not a suitable candidate for either calling, which led to him being bullied and taunted by other boys. And so was the young Smith boy. Okay, and so we got Porter, the limp twins. But Porter became tough. Okay. And he fought back and he protected the Smith boy. Okay. He was younger.
1: If you have a limp, you definitely are the, you meet another limpy, you're like, okay. Yeah.
0: Well his limp his limp did not allow him to plow straight.
1: Oh, so he, he would he'd
0: start plowing in circles. Because you're <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You're I can't believe short. You can't compensate? Yeah. I don't think so. I think you just go in circles.
1: You just your fucking brain can't <laughs> I'm just
0: I I'm just going with what I believe would happen. Okay, all right. Uh, That's now, how crop circles. Now him. the Smith boy next door was named Joseph Smith, and his Smith was due to a his limp, Wait. His limp was due to a bone infection. Okay, when he was a boy, uh, he was. Uh, oh no, sorry, he was eight years older than Porter, uh, and the two boys bonded over their limp, their limps. Okay. And uh, and Porter was the tough one. Joseph, Joseph Smith had his first vision in the early 1820s. Quote, I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually until it fell upon me. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages whose brightness and glory defy all description standing above me in the air. One of them spoke unto me, calling me by name, and he said, pointing to the other, this is my beloved son. Hear him. So just kind of like the MC of the vision. Yeah. There's next so much- to
1: the vision. You're going to love your next visionary. <laughs> this guy plays all over dreams and uh, hallucinations all over the country. You're
0: going to see me in quite a few visions. I work the uh, circuit. I do a lot of announcing for a lot of visions. Yeah. Uh, Pretty popular at this point. All right. Put your hands together. Do you know the guy who does the let's get ready to rumble in boxing? I'm like him, but for visions in the 1800s. (laughs) I'm that guy. Joseph and his parents considered uh, this this was a pivotal event in the history of humankind. Yeah, he had a dream. Joseph's vision. Yeah, he dreamt. Second only to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hey, you know what I mean? Yep. Second to that. That's... Pretty much, that's a normal way to look at it. Now, as a boy, Porter eagerly listened to the conversations between his parents and the parents of Joseph Smith, and he used to beg his mother to allow him to sit up and keep the pine torch burning in order to listen to young Joseph Smith tell of his visions, angels, and a gold book. Oh, yeah. He became so convinced of his friend's stories that Porter worked daily after farm chores, picking up berries and chopping firewood by moonlight, giving all his money to Joseph Smith to help print the first book of Mormon. I I had a feeling. Porter was illiterate and would never be able to read the book.
1: (laughs) What a fucking...
0: (laughs) It's it's a pretty fucked up story right there. Yeah. He's just spending all his time to make money to give to to Joseph Smith that he can't read. Right. Well, it's selfless. On April 6th, 1830... The Church of Latter Day Saints was organized, and Porter was baptized into it, making him the youngest Mormon to join the church on its very first day. He was 16 years old.
1: But that's not really much of a record.
0: What? Well, yeah, it's kind of an easy one to break, also.
1: Yeah, it would be just, like you were just one of the first guys there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a bullshit stat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a real. That's a real beefed-up stat. The youngest member in the church's history, because he's the youngest one here.
0: Yeah. Yay. No more statements and or questions. Persecution closely followed the new church, which led its followers to move regularly first to Kirtland, Ohio. Uh, but their sh- stay was very short there. Well, people fucking hated them, right? Por- yeah. Porter was then sent with the first group of saints. Now, these people were all saints. Uh, sure. The first ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, because this because Joseph Smith had a dream. Yeah. Well, you heard it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And they were sent to Jackson County, Missouri in August 1831, uh, which is a site Smith had selected for a new temple and designated Jackson County as the location of the millennial Zion or New Jerusalem and as the gathering place for the saints. You laugh at it, but this is no different than... Catholicism or any other fucking thing. It's, it's all not. the same. It's not. It's all the same. It is. It's just people making shit up.
1: It is, but this is just so recent. It's a little and recent.
0: very,
1: very recent bullshit. I mean, there's holes in it when you really look at it. There's. Listen, I it's don't know what's faith. got more holes in it. This story or those rocks that we're going to go treasure hunting it's, with.
0: <laughs> the Mormons then came in mass to Missouri. Now, the Mormonism was picking up at this point and becoming popular. And Well, because it made a lot of sense. It did to me. There were over a 1,000 on four settlements, which started to concern the locals. A lot of people have moved to Jackson to avoid religious bullshit, and now it had come to them. Yeah. And they certainly weren't down with what they considered a new and weird religion. Yeah. The locals looked upon the Mormons as un-American. They also accused the saints of slave tampering. Uh, which is not do not tamper with my slaves.
1: Yeah, what is slave I mean what Getting did- in the business of your slaves <laughs>
0: yeah giving them money and I Oh oh yeah right making them think that they're
1: talking right. communicating with them like humans.
0: Hey you have been telling my slave that he's a person? Yeah. I have the Lord said I should. Who's the Lord? Right over there, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh That's Joseph. He had a dream. Okay. I had a dream too. Now we're here. <laughs> okay, they were also concerned that the Mormons would ally themselves with the Indians. Now, Porter himself as he grew older <laughs> made a peculiar Mormon. He enjoyed three activities that were condemned by the Mormons: uh, drinking, fucking, smoking tobacco, and swearing up a storm. Ah. Uh. He was also known to frequently snore so loudly during temple service that he became a regular source of amusement. <laughs> oh, there's old Porter uh, snoring away. Oh, that limping snoring loser. <laughs> the tale of two boys. The Rockwells were part of the Big Blue Branch, and Porter operated a ferry on the Big Blue River with his father.
1: Okay. Would, home. It, would he steal the,
0: Would it be steering the boat in circles? Yes. so, leg? yeah, probably, because he's got the one yeah. the smaller one. Their home was the Ferry Master's house over the mouth of the Big Blue River, where it emptied into the Missouri and Jackson County. It was here at the age of 19 that Porter met Luann Beebe. Uh-oh. The two were married by the prophet himself. Ah, that's nice.
1: Yep. That's nice for Joseph Smith to stop being a prophet.
0: Again, real- persecution came. But this time it was Missouri style. Mobs came through the Mormon villages and killed, tormented, and burned down homes.
1: Now... Okay, uh-huh. maybe a little out of line. Well, maybe a little over aggressive. I,
0: I mean, I don't know if they're really bothering people enough that you have to burn down their fucking houses. just oh, let them do their thing. Well, and was
1: that essentially it? Were they just essentially like they're so fucking annoying?
0: Um, there are several reasons. I think i get into it here. okay. Um, so the first attack that Porter and his father were uh, uh, they were assaulted at their ferry home.
1: Which is a great name for a house.
0: I wish it was F-A-R-Y home. Yeah, that's it's not. It's, it's the Hello. Welcome. <laughs> soon, soon after, his first child was born. Porter returned home one day to find his wife sitting in a pile of rubble, victim of another Missouri mob raid. His entire home was gone. As were the contents in it, it was just trashed. It was at this time that Porter vowed from that day forth to never again be unable to defend himself or his family. Uh-oh. He practiced with the pistols and rifles until he became a deadly shot. Okay. He even modified his pistols, cutting down the barrels and filing down the trigger guards so he could draw them quicker. Okay. There was also... Again, sp-
1: though, he'll always be
0: aiming two inches to the left. Yeah, because he's, he's, sh- uh, yeah. uh, he's part short, half short. he's part short. There was also a split in the church at the time. Several high-placed church leaders were excommunicated. Things were getting tense now, both within the church and with the locals. Yeah. It was at this time that the prophet organized a band of men to obey the prophet, whether right or wrong. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting. No matter what I do, that's where that's definitely you will defend me. Uh, yeah, go ahead in the back. What if you kill my horse? That is that is one of those things. Whatever I do, I can you will do defend no me. wrong. What if you uh, fuck my wife? I mean, Whatever so I do, that okay. is just something that the Lord wanted. Okay. And you have to defend me. Okay. Even if, even if it's anal. And by the way, I am going to fuck your wife. And kill your horse. Okay. This is a bad thing I'm entering into, it feels like. It feels like a bad gig for me. Drink this blood. They first called themselves the Daughters of Zion, but quickly changed the name... To Too sons manly. of Dan, because to, it was a little more
1: masculine. Sorry, to sons of Dan. Sons of Dan. You gotta. That's why you always want to have five, five on the list of possible names. <laughs> the
0: daughters of Zion. Okay, we're S- voting today, gentlemen. Everyone, get around. Uh, we got two names on the docket. We got uh, sons of Dan and the daughters of Zion. <laughs> All right. So take your pick. You Go want a shit sandwich or puke pasta? Put the name in the hat. There, we will pick a name tonight. <laughs> What's good is we know they're both really good names. Can we not? I have a question. Can we not be named after girls? And then I have a follow-up question. Who the fuck is Dan? All right. There'll be no more
1: questions. Let's get voting. <laughs>
0: the, I mean, the Sons of Dan, Dan, Dan
1: is, like, worse. It sounds like, I mean, that just sounds like an ABC Family show. <laughs> The Sons of
0: Dan. You're watching The Sons of Dan right after the new normal.
1: (laughs) Sons of Dan will be right back, followed by an all-new Daughters of Zion, ABC Family Thursday Nights.
0: (laughs) Its members became known as Danites.
1: Oh, wow, they really are fucking off the tracks with this one.
0: They had no branding skills whatsoever. I mean, just... No, they they needed one marketing guy. Yeah. That's all they needed. It was believed that Porter was one of the leaders of the Danites, And when the Missourians found out about his... This is like a dance troupe. It's not. (laughs) Okay. When the Missourians found out about this Mormon secret police, they were outraged, and so began the 1838 Mormon War. It is sometimes called the Missouri Mormon War to differentiate, differentiate it from the Utah Mormon War and the Illinois Mormon War. Good. Good that they're peaceful people. Basically, the Mormons had had it with... They'd had enough shit. They'd taken enough shit. Yeah, they'd the enough shit. Enough with the raiding parties and fucking mobs. One man, Sidney Rigdon, gave a speech. Rigdon declared that the Latter-day Saints would no longer be driven from their homes by persecution from without or dissension from within. And that if enemies came again to drive out the Saints, quote, and that mob that comes on us to disturb us, it shall be between us. And them a war of extermination, for we will follow them until the last drop of their blood is spilled, or else they will have to exterminate us, for we will carry the seed of war to their own houses and their own families, and one party or the other shall be utterly destroyed. So they were Yeah. Well they again were, they were over it. A guy had a dream. Yeah. You know, a guy went to sleep. Yeah. He
1: had a dream.
0: Yeah, Gold let's plane, have so. a war. Yeah. Yeah. Great. <laughs> The Danonites would go on to have quite a reputation in the West. Years later, the Sacramento daily union in 1857 would write the Danonites be having become obnoxious to the head of the Mormon church. These are the Danonites, as they are, they're called, but in reality, a set of thieves and vagabonds from all parts of the earth, fugitives from justice, cutthroats, murderers, ever ready to execute the will of those in authority over them, no matter what the extent or how capricious the motive in short, they are fiends in human shape who gloat with admiration on the flow of blood and exult in human glory, afflicting by their own merciless hands. Okay, okay so that might also be a little hyperbole. Uh, it's, it's a, a little, little intense. Uh, that's that's tough. But they basically created a, 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 a death squad. They created yeah, a they, squad to fight the fucking battles. Right. And, and these guys were... We're like, I'll do anything for you. It's the worst kind of army.
1: Well, that's why, you know, religion always seems to bring out rationality and peace. I agree. You know, it really definitely makes people... um, Well,
0: it makes people kill. Let's be real. A letter from a Danite. Quote, if Joseph Smith should tell me to kill U.S. President Marvin Van Buren, I would immediately start and do my best to assassinate him and let the consequences be as they would. Okay. So that's who they are.
1: Again... He had a dream. Mm -hmm. He went to sleep and
0: saw something. Let's kill Martin Van Buren if we have to. The Danites began warring with the Missourians. Bands of one or the other would invade settlements, burning houses, killing cattle, and plundering. One day, when some Mormons were being chased by a group of Missouri wildcats, Porter had had enough. He drew his two Colt thirty-two caliber pistols out of his pants pocket, wheeled his horse around, put the reins in its teeth, and rode his horse, horse straight into the angry bunch of Missourians firing uh-huh. his guns. All right. He shot some of them down and drove the rest away without suffering a scratch. So that's a really good thing for a religious guy to do, is to be able to get away with something batshit crazy. Yeah. Like, that doesn't then lead But
1: Dave, to, they didn't understand that Joseph Smith slept and saw something.
0: Thanks to the mobs about... Twelve hundred homeless church members now lived in wagons or tents or or had. So, what point are you looking their own caves they dug into the hillside? So
1: what point are you looking at your significant other like? What the f- can we get the fuck out of here? <laughs> get the fuck Did out! We of make here? the right call. I think we fucked up. I mean, look, I like what he's saying. But I also don't want to live in a cave. Hey, we had a house in New York. A house. And now we've dug a
0: hole inside of a hill. Housed. We dug a hole inside yeah. of a hill.
1: And now we live in a hill.
0: That's your son <laughs> playing with a mud teddy bear he made. Ugh, I gotta go to the bathroom. I'm gonna go use the rocks. Governor Lilburn W. Boggs from Missouri issued what became known as the extermination order. Hmm. It's probably not bug related. stating Quote, the Mormons must be treated as enemies and must be exterminated or driven from the state if necessary, for the public peace. The order was not rescinded until nineteen seventy six. Too soon. <laughs> so it was. It was. He legalized Mormon hunting. Yeah, which <laughs> that's very. That's what he
1: did. It's got to be an interesting day. Soon after jo- like if they said today, like, you know. Like, you, like if they said today that you could legally go kill people, you have to at least think for a second, like...
0: It doesn't sound right.
1: It doesn't sound right, but wouldn't you be like, mm. I mean, I could legally kill
0: someone? I mean, that's kind of interesting. It's kind of cool.
1: I don't want to, but it's a good but piece of the sleeve. That
0: shit always comes back around yeah. on you. It never, never goes one way. No,
1: you can kill your way out of that syndrome.
0: Soon after, Joseph Smith was captured and sent to Liberty Jail... And the Mormons crossed from Missouri into Illinois to escape the extermination order. Porter was Joseph's most regular visitor. He would empty the chamber pot. What a, what a guy. I mean, who empties another guy's piss pot? Yeah. Uh, pass edible food and water through the bars. And he had even snuck in several pry bars and a couple of shovels to assist a possible escape. Now, I don't know what's going on in this jail. And how they don't see that he's got bars and shovels in there. Yeah. But look under the cot.
1: Well, you also, I would imagine, in a jailbreak scenario, you're in or you're out. I mean, yeah. So it's not, like, you shouldn't be sneaking in materials just to be like, I just want you to know if you want to leave whenever. Dig, dig, dig. Just in case. Dig, dig, dig. That's for you. We'll you. see you on the outside. If not, no big deal.
0: If you feel like things want to change. These
1: cards are really dumb. They're clearly stupid.
0: Um... Uh, he continued sneaking stuff in until the day a shovel was knocked loose out of Porter's coat and hit the floor. Clang, clang. While the guards stood shocked, staring at the fallen tool, Porter fled out the open door, and that was his last visit to the jail. Over time, the guards at Liberty Jail finally became convinced of Joseph's innocence, and they allowed him to escape and even let him buy one of the guards' horses. Okay. Okay. The Saints began buying swamp-infested land and built the city of Nauvoo, Illinois. In 1840, Joseph Smith was asked uh, asked Rockwell to be one of his Nauvoo bodyguards, and Porter accepted and replied, your enemies are my enemies, Joseph. All right. The Mormons built up their new colony, again, clearing ground and building cabins, and were granted a charter for their city of Nauvoo, allowing them a city council a municipal court and a militia quote at the disposal of the mayor in executing the laws and ordinances of the city and shall be entitled to their portion of public arms. The state of Illinois gave them three cannons, 250 rifles because Missouri authorities and bounty hunters were after Joseph Smith. uh, He Porter Rockwell was his main bodyguard and prophesied that former Missouri governor, Lilburn Boggs would, quote, die by violent hands at the end of the year and that the Destroying Angel would do it by the right hand of his power. It's a pretty... Destroying Angel was Porter's little nickname.
1: Oh. Well, that's an easy that's prophecy good. to make real.
0: Yeah, it's. I think you're just saying my guy's going to kill him.
1: Yeah, they really put a lot of bells and whistles on that. They part. certainly did. They really dressed that pick up. A lot of bells and whistles.
0: Uh, February 1842 Two years after Governor Boggs Had left office Porter traveled back To Independence Missouri With his wife Pregnant with their Fourth child Child who wanted To visit her parents there He got a job Working with uh, horses Under the assumed name Of James Brown Wow You did not know This is going to become A music story Did no, you? No I can't wait to it see so this is, Now this starts the, Is it
1: true that he was The hardest working man In Mormonism?
0: That's what we're going to get at Okay Okay then someone shot through the window of the home of Governor Boggs, who is no longer Governor Boggs. He's ex Governor Boggs. Yeah. But someone shoots through the window. Boggs was hit by f- large buckshot in four places. Two balls, balls were lodged in his skull, another yeah. lodged in his neck, and a fourth entered his throat, where Boggs swallowed it.
1: Hmm.
0: Weird choice. Yeah. He could have spit it out. Spit. Or swallow it, whatever. Boggs was severely injured. I, I think we already... I didn't have to say that because that seems like...
1: Yeah. No, when you said he, the the two balls went in the back of his head. Yeah. Uh,
0: several doctors, Boggs' brother being among them, pronounced Boggs as good as dead. At least one newspaper ran an obituary. But to everyone's great surprise, Boggs not only survived, he gradually improved. Mm.
1: It's a shame because if he was in that weird limbo where his brain wasn't really working, the tour that he could have gone on, the money oh they could have God. made. Oh, my God, yeah. Parading him time, around the country. A headless monster.
0: For nickels. May 21st, the Quincy Herald Whig newspaper reported, there are several rumors in circulation, one of which throws the crime upon the Mormons. From the fact, we suppose, that Mr. Boggs was governor at the time and no small degree instrumental in driving them from the state. Some Mormons saw the assassination attempt... Positively, I would say all. Yeah. I would say all. Let's be honest. Okay. Uh, An anonymous contributor to The Wasp, which was a pro-Mormon newspaper. Great name. (laughs) Killing it with the names.
1: Our paper's a wasp. We're the daughters of Zion. Meet the Danites. They're the police. Uh,
0: The Wasp wrote on May 28th that Boggs is undoubtedly killed, according to a report, but who did the noble deed remains to be found out. Noble deed. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so, it's pretty fair and balanced. Yeah, they they seem like they're uh they're taking a side. Yeah, okay. That's cool. I love that a guy who's no longer in power got shot through a window, but okay. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's noble. I mean, the whole idea of noble just changed quite a bit, but you know, shooting a guy through a window. The
1: valor of it all is it because two shots in the back of the head just
0: That's a beautiful it's thing. Just
1: very noble. Very
0: noble. A recently excommunicated Mormon, John C. Bennett, made a number of controversial allegations that implemented the prophet and porter in the assassination attempt, writing, In 1841, Joe Smith predicted or prophesied in a public congregation in Nauvoo that Boggs should die by violent hands within one year. From one or two months prior to the attempted assassination of Mr. Boggs, Mr. P. Rockwell left Navoo for parts unknown. Hmm. I was then on terms of close intimacy with Joe Smith and asked him where Rockwell had gone. Gone? Said the prophet. Gone to fulfill the prophecy, he yelled. Rockwell ter- returned to Navoo the day before the report of the assassination reached there. So I think that's circumstantial.
1: Yeah, well, calling it a prophecy is really...
0: It's over the top.
1: Yeah. Pushing it.
0: Bennett had been excommunicated from the church for adultery and unauthorized (laughs) polygamy.
1: That's fucked up. You can't fuck someone. You can't cheat on your wife. We're going to go kill the ex-governor.
0: But even though there was polygamy, you had to get um, permission to polygamy, polygamize. Why? Why? We had to you get sh- permission to marry people, even though it was polygamy. So you couldn't just go around fucking and sucking.
1: What the? How fucking? So go get your fucking
0: fuck license. There's rules. You lazy prick. There's rules to it.
1: Yeah, but that's fine. Jump through the hoop and then go fuck. So he wasn't whatever. jumping
0: through the hips so hoop. So he got kicked out. There are rules to all. There's rules. He could have followed. But he it's, like, follow.
1: it's like, a, like it's like when a, like it's like when like a an athlete will test positive for like ritalin or something and then they'll get suspended. It's like just go get a fucking prescription. Then you can do whatever the fuck you want.
0: Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Bennett used his trust. I'll be running
1: for local profit.
0: Bennett used his uh, his uh, trusted position as a doctor to allay fears of women he attempted to seduce, telling them that he could cause abortions by administering medicine should they become pregnant. That's a great. uh, I mean, at least for me, when I was single, it was a great way to talk ladies into bed. Yeah. uh, Hey, you're at the bar. Sleep with me. You're at the bar. Abortions are illegal in California. You're at the bar. Totally legal. I know a guy that can punch you in the stomach. Do you want to fuck?
1: You know, as I always think in the first 10 minutes, you want to get out where you're at with abortion <laughs> and how easy it is for you to make it happen. How
0: women want to hear that. They want to hear, like, how will you take care yeah. of this before you get to. And I bed. just
1: want that'll be fine. Uh, yeah. I just want to let you know that I could easily perform an abortion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, while Bennett was mayor, he was caught in. Private sexual relations with women in the city. He told the women in the practice, which he termed "spiritual wifery," that it was sanctioned by God.
1: Oh man! Wow! You really got to what like wow. Whatever. If there is anything up there, or if we are a part, like
0: yeah, we look like a bunch of assholes. Well,
1: just what I mean—the anger, like because. Oh, yeah, he's just sitting up there going,
0: no, <laughs> you, no. You fuck, I
1: did not say that. Nobody, I didn't say that. So um, God, I talked to God last Check night. This I'm out. supposed to fuck you?
0: God's like, God's like, you, you need to be closer to the doctor and, and let the doctor inside of you. And then also, the, he can do it as many times as he wants. And if you get a baby and you, the doctor can take it out. Don't
1: worry about that. I'll handle the abortion. This is a quote. This is a quote from Uh God. Uh Let the doctor fuck you. And, I mean, he was serious.
0: And if if anything happens, you know, doctor going to take care of it. And, again,
1: I just want to let you know how Uh easy I can make an abortion happen. Girl. Lady.
0: Girl. Let me
1: take that baby out.
0: You don't know how good I am at abortions. (laughs) Girl, you don't even
1: know. (laughs) The the, the new stand-up album by Dave (laughs) Anthony.
0: An affidavit was issued by Boggs accusing Porter of shooting him. And the reward was posted. All right. So now they're now they're going after Rockwell. They're saying he's an assassin. Yep. Rockwell decided to leave town while Smith stayed and ordered his militia if he was captured to, quote, without delay, regardless of life or death, rescue me out of their hands. Before Rockwell fled, uh, his life w- left with him. But their children, as was Mormon custom, stayed within the church. So they were sent to live with Porter's mother, who was also in Nauvoo. Okay. Porter went to Pennsylvania, where a fellow Mormon took him in, and he wrote a letter to Joseph Smith for him. Because Porter couldn't write. Right. I am requested by friend Porter Rockwell to inform you that he is in Philadelphia. His health is good, but his spirits are depressed. Caused by his being unable to obtain employment of any kind, he will wait here until he hears from you. Answer this as soon as received. Mm. After not hearing from Joseph, Porter headed to New Jersey and still unable to find work, decided to return to Illinois in March. As he was leaving a riverboat in St. Louis, he was arrested. Okay. As a result of the attempted murder, a newsman dubbed Rockwell the Destroying Angel. Hmm. That's when everyone else started calling him that. Rockwell later threatened the writer for coming up with the awesome nickname. <laughs> very, very religious. Another side to Porter's character emerged during his trip to the Missouri jail. The driver of the stagecoach was so drunk that he twice crashed it, and instead of escaping, Porter, with his knowledge of horses and carts, did the gentlemanly thing and repaired and rescued both the vehicle both times. Oh, okay. We're going to put this back together. You're going to take me to jail. Uh, it's okay. You
1: can do whatever you what. I'm wasted, but your plan seems shitty.
0: Oh shit, your hair is long.
1: Uh, That's he was, the horse, sir.
0: Yeah. He was then placed in jail and soon underwent a sham trial. The courthouse was crowded, and a mob of 20 men were armed with hickory clubs. While in court, a pack of boys around 10 to 12 years of age attacked Porter, kicking and punching him. What? Despite finding no crime... The court should be more like this. Yeah, this is not a court. This sounds good. Despite finding no crime against him, the magistrate committed him to prison for safe preservation. But it wasn't really a real trial.
1: Safe preservation?
0: Yeah, they were were like, you're getting beat up by people, so we're going to keep you safe.
1: That 10-year-old just hit you in the face. Go to jail.
0: You keep getting beat up by in the court. I can't imagine what will happen outside of the court, so we're going to put you in the jail. All right. A family lived at the corner of the jail, and the woman... Once in a while, used to send out uh, a little black girl with a small basket. Okay. She would pass a big Missouri whip stock with a piece of twine up to the prison window, which Porter tied to the basket and dragged it through the window. Porter recalls of his time in prison. I made a pin hook and tied to the twine and baited with a chunk a corn dodger hard enough to knock a, a Negro down with and stuck it out of the grated window and fished for pukes. A derogatory term for Missourians. F- when passerbys came along, they would stop and gawk at me a while and pass on. So, so he's trying to hit people in the head with something oh. out of the prison window. That's how he's filling That's his, his game. time. That's what he does. He's just trying to hit people in the head who are walking by. I kind of get it. A preacher who had a family of girls lived on the opposite side of the street. The girls would watch and laugh and call out and ask me if I got any bites and i replied no but some glorious nibbles so he's a moron yeah porter did attempt to escape once but when his cellmate got caught he walked back to the jail and told them where he had thrown the key that he stole from the guard how do
1: you get i mean uh, what
0: <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> after almost uh a year in prison he finally had an actual trial the real trial all right The grand jury was unable to find sufficient evidence to convict him because there is no evidence other than a guy who said he went there. He said that. Uh, And they were not convinced by Porter's statement to the court. I never shot anybody. If I I shoot, they get shot. He's still alive, ain't he? So I didn't do it. It's a
1: fair point. He didn't die. He ain't dead,
0: right? I mean, he got four bullets in him, two in the head, one in the neck. Places that would kill a man. But if he's they, alive. But he's alive. Right. So I didn't do it. That's Some a, other dude. Right. Well, uh, he was, however, jailed for the attempted jailbreak and sentenced to five minutes in prison in the county jail. I mean, <laughs> what? Who the fuck? He got a timeout. Yeah, it is a timeout. He got a timeout. That's a tour. That, yeah. Okay. Just go ahead and sit right there and we will. Keep time.
1: Uh, I hope he did, like, the little tick marks on the cell wall for every minute.
0: minute <laughs> more. One minute. Two minutes. Wait, where are we at?
1: Shit, man, I've been in here so many minutes, I can't even keep the minutes straight. Hey, Porter, you've been done for two minutes.
0: How long is this? Is it five minutes yet? It's
1: been four minutes.
0: I can't take it.
1: Man, I'm gonna fuck my wife when I get out of here.
0: Out of jail and with his shoes and tatters, he had to walk most of the way from Missouri to Nauvoo. His feet did get some relief when he hired a man for 75 cents to carry him for three days of the journey.
1: Okay. So.
0: Huh?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know who's the weirder person in this scenario. <laughs> I really.
0: Who's. I assume it's like one of those big dumb guys, you know, the guys that are in the movies. Like, yeah. yeah sure, I'll carry you half so these, these the They call me Mungo. Mungo Carrying Porter. <laughs> You got 75 cent. I take you over four hills. That's a four-heeled money amount. Mungo, pick up Porter. Take him. Porter
1: love Mungo. Mungo love Porter. <laughs> All right, I got to roll, man.
0: <laughs> when Porter arrived in Nauvoo in 1842...
1: I, can we just picture that Mungo's with him for the rest of the story? Oh,
0: my God, that'd be tremendous. How can Mungo not be? It
1: feels like, like a Disney film. <laughs> Mungo and Porter. Mungo and Porter.
0: When I'm in Mungo.
1: I do like the idea that there's a time when just like legal giants were roaming the street. (laughs) And for quarters, you can fucking go where you want. Hey, I
0: need to be carried to St. Louis. My name Big Larry.
1: (laughs) Hey, Big Larry. We're gonna get along great, you big dumb shit. Here's a dollar bill, okay? Take me to New York, fuckface.
0: (laughs) Uh... (laughs) Uh, When he arrived in Nauvoo in 1842, it was Christmas Day, and he went straight to the prophet's mansion where a party was underway. Oh, good. Quote, a man with a long beard and even longer shaggy hair, apparently drunk, came in and acted like a Missourian. (laughs) A scuffle ensued, and then the prophet had an opportunity to to see the stranger's face. To his great surprise and joy... He discovered his old friend, Orrin Porter Rockwell. The party came to order while Rockwell related in detail his experiences and sufferings in Missouri. It was here that the prophet proclaimed, Orrin Porter Rockwell, so long as ye shall remain loyal and true to you the faith, you need fear no enemy. Cut not thy hair and no bullet or blade can harm thee. So, Basically, He's a Superman. Joseph Smith had read the story of Samson in the Bible. Ah. And not, not being a man to have a lot of creativity, he just went with that one. Good. This prophecy would come to inspire its own folklore. To the newspapers, Porter was the destroying angel of Mormondom, the chief of the Danites, and regarded as one of the pleasantest murderers you could ever meet. However... The prophecy did nothing for Porter's voice. It was naturally high-pitched. Oh, man. And when it became emotional... Mom, Joseph! When it became emotional, it raised to a high falsetto. Or an unnerving squeak, as some called it. I'm gonna kill you, <laughs> motherfucker! As he's fucking limping around. Hey, bitch! you wanna die today?
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, God.
0: What'd you say about Joseph Smith? (laughs) How
1: how do you believe in God if you sound like that and you can't walk right?
0: Porter settled in Nauvoo for some time and set up a saloon. I'm having
1: the best time! (laughs) This is great! (laughs) Don't get me angry!
0: You wouldn't want to see me angry! (laughs) He set up a saloon in the mansion house of Joseph Smith. What? He set up... Isn't that one of the things? Yes! So what the fuck? Yes, but he got to do whatever he wanted. So he set up a saloon. I he got to do whatever Dave. he wanted. And they were like, you can do whatever you want. He's like, really? I can do whatever I want? Dave, I'm starting. Like, yeah,
1: you can do whatever you want. I'm starting to think Porter's not a Mormon.
0: So <laughs> he's
1: not. I don't think he believes... He's not
0: a Mormon. I don't think he believes in a, this.
1: He's a buddy. Dave. He's a buddy. He's <laughs> he, not a Mormon. He's what we'd
0: call bad cop. <laughs> It seems very un-Mormon-like to set up a saloon in the prophet's house. I can do whatever I want because of the murder? Wait a minute. Attempted murder? How come I got kicked out for fucking that girl and this guy set up a saloon in your house? (laughs) Set up a saloon. It's
1: not a wet bar. (laughs) It's not a decanter. This is a saloon. In
0: 1844, a rift developed between Joseph Smith and some of his close associates. Smith had them excommunicated.
1: Oh, God, I really thought you were going to say executed.
0: Oh. The men then published the newspaper with a lot of polygamy talk, and Smith's response was to have the paper's press destroyed. Now, so he's not only in the town, he's not just the religious leader, but he's also, like, mayor, like mm-hmm. his official title. So he's as the mayor, king. he says, D- do that. Right. So, you know, it's a... This did not go over well with the locals. Militias were mobilized. In the end, Smith and his brother... Hiram Hiram Smith were arrested for treason. They were then killed by by a mob while in custody in the city of Carthage, Illinois. Okay. So Joseph Smith and Hiram Smith are dead. In eighteen forty six religious tensions reached their peak, and in eighteen forty eight mobs burned the latter day Saint Temple in Nauvoo. So shit's uh Shit's not good. Yeah, shit's hit the
1: bottoming out. Yeah. Joseph's gone. There's a guy named Hiram who was fired.
0: Yeah. The death of the prophet turned Porter, as he was known, uh, aggressive and even belligerent. So he went up a notch from shooting ex-governors and opening saloons into in, in the house of the prophet to now being belligerent. He's super Porter. He abandoned his first wife and children and then took the wife of Amos Davis at gunpoint.
1: <laughs> wow that's uh i mean he's getting I'm better with you
0: i'm taking that one but it, she's my wife sir not no more yeah you w- seen clint eastwood movies
1: <laughs> but i mean it is better than the abortion pickup yeah line i agree with that you know just I have agree.
0: a gun i want I hey want that's my wife now i want you so bad i'm gonna, I'm gonna put this gun in your husband's face that, that a woman might find that Back in the day, that might oh be like a thing. God. Oh, look at him. Look at the valor. Holy shit. Uh, off the, the new couple went. And within two months, he was in the Nauvoo Temple escorted by Mrs. Davis, which three days later, Porter's first wife was sealed to Alpheus Cutler in the same temple. So it all worked out. It's pretty gross. Well, you know, marriages happen. Things. Sure Work they don't work Sure In the chaos that ensued After the death of the prophet The Mormons often engaged In battles with mobs Of non-Mormons In September 16th 1845 Rockwell was hastily deputized By the sheriff Of Hancock County Illinois Not a good idea The sheriff was a non-Mormon But was friendly To the Mormons Okay it's a lot of Politics going on Yeah The sheriff uh, Was being chased By an anti-Mormon mob Led by Lieutenant Frank Worrell Okay Who had been in charge of the militia unit that failed to protect Joseph Smith when he was murdered.
1: Good. Yeah. They have a good track record. Yep.
0: As soon as Porter was deputized, he fired a rifle ball into Worrell's gut. Whoa. A witness said of the victim he jumped three or four feet into the air and rolled away from his horse dead. Jesus. Okay, you're a deputy. Okay, go. Boom. Oh, um, deputy. Yeah, sorry. Legal. Fucking asshole. This incident did nothing to improve relations between the Mormons and their adversaries. Why not? I don't know. Weird. A few days later, a mob of Mormons captured a man suspected of burning Mormon homes and castrated him. Jesus. Sliced his throat, cut off one of his ears, and shot him two or three times. Okay. Uh, honestly, I mean... Overkill. Yeah. Li- literally. The castration was enough for you?
1: Could, well, they could kill him.
0: It's, Fuck it's it. a bad... All Leave those, the ear... All those things I described were bad.
1: Yeah, but if the one, ultimate, if it's the end if the end game is death, let's just get to it. I'm not going to argue with you. I need to remove a man's testicles. The it, and his ear. Well, because you, t- I mean. That feels like it was last minute. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of one in the heat of the moment executions. Hey, let's take that thing off. Fuck it. Let's get the ear too. Balls were so fun.
0: The Mormons realized, you know, if you cut a guy's balls off, you've got to pull them down. Like, one guy has to hold the sack and the other guy has to slice. Or you could do it yourself, but you do have to hold the sack. Well, somebody's got to watch the guy. Because you, you can't just cut off balls with a knife without the sack being taut and ready to go. Oh, dude, so you have to pull it down dude, and dude, saw it. Dude. Or else you're just, like, slapping at drapes with a sword. Uh,
1: somebody just dropped their sandwich listening to
0: this. <laughs> the Mormons realized they had to move again to, f- to avoid further persecution. The prophet's successor was Brigham Young who stated that God inspired him to gather his people and to head west to Utah. Porter agreed to be a bodyguard for the new prophet, and when the Mormons began their exodus, he was given the important task of carrying messages between those already on the way and those who had not yet departed. The logic seems to have been that he would be hard to stop along the way. So I think they were going with the idea that he couldn't be hurt. I think they were still like, that one can't be injured, and then... But if you're the prophet, wouldn't you say, I can't be injured. And then you couldn't be killed. Like, wouldn't you also say that about yourself? Yeah.
1: But so he's going from Utah to Illinois. Yeah, he's
0: going back and forth. Okay. Uh, While delivering a message, Porter was captured by Gentiles in Nauvoo. And when the Illinois sheriff frisked Rockwell, he discovered that Porter was carrying enough firepower to get off 71 pistol rounds before he would have to reload. Whoa. That would have meant he had 10 to 12 loaded guns. <laughs> Jesus. Plus, he had ramrods, nipple pricks, wadding. Nipple and, pricks? I don't know. It's something that uh, has something to do with a gun. And shot, which meant he was carrying about 40 pounds of steel. Jesus. With uh, that limp. He intimidated the witnesses, and they let him go. They also had to live.
1: What were they intimidated by? I can't was imagine. was like, oh, there's this one and this one. Oh. Oh, this here's one. more. Clunk. Here's another clunk, one. Clunk. Oh. Uh, clunk. Sorry, I just spilled my nipple pricks. Oh, but forgot this one.
0: I keep in my esophagus.
1: <laughs> Here we go. More nipple pricks,
0: whatever these are. There's some brown things. Here's some more nipple pricks. Uh, Porter then became one of the pioneers Brigham Young brought along to search for the site of the new Zion. Mm. I like how the new Zion
1: mm-hmm. is really dictated by people wanting to murder them over. Yeah. You know,
0: you would think it would be a little more. Well, the new Zion isn't a place where people are uh, burning their houses down.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. The That's new Zion a... is kind of wherever anyone will just leave them
0: alone Yeah, is Zion. Where you rest your head is Zion. Porter did much of the hunting and scouting on the trip. During the trip, some crow Indians stole 50 head of cattle from the expedition. God, these Indians. So Porter went out by himself and got eight of the cows back. Jesus. During the main Mormon exodus, travelers were assigned specific tasks. William Clayton was appointed company scribe and was expected to record an accurate description of their journey and the distance of... They traveled each day. After three weeks, Clayton grew tired of personally counting the revolutions of a wagon wheel and computing the day's distance by multiplying that count by the wheel's circumference. So they had the guy who was traveling with them who they made count the turns of the wheel all day. So could you imagine that's your job? No. Just counting the fucking... No. (laughs) No is the answer. After consulting with what, Orson... What?
1: Well, you, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to find a different religion.
0: Okay, so I guess there were 40 or 800 turns. I didn't... 2000... I don't want to be a Mormon anymore. Yeah, uh, This is too much. See, I thought I was going to get a saloon. I thought I could be a Danite, but I'm counting wheels. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so fuck you guys. <laughs> Later. After consulting with Orson Pratt, an accomplished mathematician... Clayton designed a mechanism consisting of a set of wooden cog wheels attached to the hub of the wagon wheel, with the mechanism counting or recording by position the revolutions of the wheel. Okay. Clayton's design was called the rotometer, and it is the basis for most modern odometers. Yeah, all right. How about that shit? All right. A little little sidetrack. There we go. In 1847, Salt Lake City was barren, and the Mormons arrived with very little. It was a desperate time, and eventually an expedition was sent to California to try to purchase much-needed supplies, with Porter along as a scout. Okay. The planning of this expedition was utterly botched, and in the end, it wasted a lot of money without bringing in much in the way of food. Porter had parted company with the commander of the expedition to go on another expedition to California to collect tiths from the Californian Mormons. Tiths? I think cash, I believe, tiths. Rockwell apparently tried panning for gold, but after finding the hard work of panning gold distasteful, he opened three saloons.
1: Good. That's easier.
0: He learned quickly that miners were not stingy when it came to alcohol. When Porter hauled whiskey from Sacramento by mule train, he would arrive at a hilltop above the town and blare his bugle. Okay. His partner at the tavern would then fire a shot in the air.
1: It's It's all sounding really normal.
0: Sure. Classic business, yeah. Just like this a, is what, what they do with like a car dealership.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, when they have a the sale or something like yeah. that, yeah, they'll horn and shoot, horn and shoot. They'll the horn, horn, the horn. horn and shoot. Yeah, yeah, of course. Obviously, we're saying the same thing.
0: Gold panners along the river knew it was time to celebrate. As time passed, the patrons were getting a little too rough, so Port took off and returned to Utah for protection. He kept loaded pistols and a trained dog at his side. When he traveled on horseback, the dog rode behind him with its paws on its shoulders, on his shoulders. Ooh, like that. So he's got the dog on his shoulder, like right? that. It's a great fucking sign coming over yeah. the hill. You're like, holy shit, is a dog coming? And then it would be, oh no, there's got a dog on a guy. I now, thought you were
1: a floating dog. Now that guy rolls into town. Yeah, I'm listening to the prophet shit.
0: Yeah, whatever that guy says. The guy's, got a, like,
1: guys riding a horse and he's got a dog fucking tandem in behind him. Uh
0: huh. You got a. Uh, I'm a little.
1: Okay. I'm a little more open. Uh, yeah, I'm totally open.
0: Uh, and, he, and the dog would also go and search the trail for trouble ahead. And it was trained to lick his face instead of barking when it returned. Okay. Uh, which was the silent dog alarm. He it's an in- adorable alarm, is what it is. He invented the silent dog alarm. Oh, that as which well. Which you can now get at Home Depot. Yeah. In 1849, Porter was named deputy marshal for the provincial state of Deseret. Is that another Deseret was their ideal sort of state? So if you go look at old These maps names. of Deseret, you will see it's a biblical. You will see like the state that like carves up well, large portions of Utah and like maybe Arizona and and certainly a lot of uh, Nevada. Like it's this giant thing that they wanted as their country. basically. Sure, their compound. Uh, the state of Deseret was a provincial state of the United States proposed in 1849 by settlers from the Church of Jesus of Latter-day Saints in Salt Lake City. The provincial state existed for slightly over two years, but was never recognized by the U.S. government. Why? I can't imagine why. Okay. I don't know. It seems... It uh, seems like it's good. Yeah. It seems like there would be no issues. It's just one more star. In 1850, he was appointed a Utah deputy sheriff for life. With territory-wide jurisdiction. I mean... Terrible. There is a story of a horse thief that, re- that stole one of the best horses in the valley. After Porter found the thief on the horse, the thief pointed his gun right at Porter. Porter was faster, though, and killed him first. A reward of gold was offered by the horse's owner, but Porter refused the reward, seeing it was just in the line of duty. Hey. That's how I do. It's my job. Need- you don't got to pay me. I don't need no tip. I don't need your money. I don't need your money. You got a beer? Like that, whiskey.
1: Oh, hold on. I'm going to go let my dog get the horse.
0: Porter also led a volunteer company of 16 men to go against the Ute Indians to settle a contract dispute. Under the command of Porter, the posse tracked down 10 Utes and immediately charged. The Indians were soon taken prisoner and were being taken back to settlements. Uh, oddly, the posse failed to disarm them. Hmm. No one. damn them, said Porter. We will make them pack their own guns.
1: Questionable. I feel like
0: I feel like not a lot of thinking went in that decision. No. Should we take their guns? Hell no, those are heavy. No, yeah. Make make them carry their heavy,
1: cumbersome guns. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you see a
0: problem with this plan? I'm in charge. Yeah. That is the Indians soon fought back. What? Because they still had guns? Killing one of the posse, and all but four of them escaped. Okay. I can't believe that didn't go well. No. Well, you learned a lesson there. Take the guns. Take the guns. You take the guns. The heaviness doesn't matter.
1: You take the goddamn guns.
0: Port and some of the posse took the four remaining Ute prisoners to Skull Valley. Rockwell decided then it was unwise to turn the four men loose. Quote, to commit more depredations and perhaps shed the blood of... ...of some useful citizen. Uh-huh. So the prisoners were, quote, sacrificed to the natural instincts of self-defense. Okay. They murdered them in the desert. That's and, interesting. And buried them. That's interesting. <laughs> so if they had just taken away the fucking guns in the first place... Mm, I don't agree. You know? Okay. No,
1: no, no. I still think if you really look at it, it's a good plan.
0: These heathens who, if you, give, if you take prisoner in a battle, they will try to kill you if you give them things to kill you with. That's how crazy... <laughs>
1: The, again, the nerve of these Indians.
0: Just the fucking nerve. Also,
1: when you say contract dispute, I think that anytime yeah. you hear that, when it comes to Native Americans, what the dispute is uh-huh. is that they are not signing the contract, or
0: or they're holding to their part of the yeah, contract.
1: or yeah, or they're just like uh, no, it's this ours.
0: contract says we get half and you get half, right? But now we want all, and we want you to have none. Okay. And eighteen. Uh, 1850- Quit
1: disputing this contract. <laughs> they're disputing. Listen to them.
0: In 1854, Rockwell married Mary Ann Neff, who was about half his age. All right. She bore him a daughter in March 1855 and another in August 1856. Soon after the birth of that first child came yet another side to Porter's character. He had until then worn his hair very long, but during a trip to California, he met the widow of one of Joseph Smith's brothers, who had lost her hair from typhoid fever. Okay. Having nothing else to do for her, Porter cut his hair, and made her a wig to replace her missing hair. Now, sweet thought, I am guessing that it looked really awesome. Yeah, because uh, this guy clearly knew how to make a nice wig. Absolutely, I everything
1: you've said is leading us to the moment of the perfect wig. Yeah,
0: well, this is where he goes on to be a hairdresser. Oh, good. The okay, famous hairdresser oh, to okay. the stars. He kind
1: of zo hands it out a little bit now.
0: <laughs> Porter then went into hiding. For some time, until his hair grew back, fearing that he might be able to be killed without his hair. What? Hmm? Do you remember when Joseph Smith said the thing about his long hair and the Samson business? He literally, the Bible, the Samson story from okay. the Bible. But he's also invincible. The Samson story from the yes, Bible. Yes, okay. Yeah. Okay, all right. that's what he's doing now. Sure. It's all a do-over. Does this you know, lady... Joseph the new Jesus. It's all a do-over. Sure. But he's the new Samson. It's all, they're just redoing. It, they're all, playing, it, all,
1: it all makes sense. They're playing Bible. I just hope this woman really appreciates what he went through. I agree. He didn't just cut his hair. He wouldn't leave his house.
0: Porter also claimed that after he cut his hair, he could no longer control his urge to drink and swear.
1: Like he could before?
0: Fuck! I can't stop with the fucking whiskey now! (laughs) Now that my goddamn fucking shit of hair is gone, all I can fucking do is sit here and shit-ass drink this fucking... God, and I'm also swearing.
1: I mean, it's really fucked up. I'm listening to myself right now, like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what the fuck is my fucking problem? You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd love some of that whiskey. Give me a smoke, you fucking piece of shit. Anyway, listen, I cut my fucking hair. I cut my fucking hair! I feel different. I feel different, okay? I feel different.
0: Uh, As Porter's legend grew, so did the interest from gunslingers who thought they could kill the invincible Mormon. Once he reportedly dodged the rapid fire of several outlaws, then returned fire with deadly accuracy. A witness recalled, when the smoke cleared, he shook himself like a great shaggy bear, and several pistol balls of various calibers fell from the folds of his ill-fitting homespun coat. Another time, a young gunslinger got the drop on Rockwell. Say your prayers, he demanded. Rockwell replied, you wouldn't try and shoot a man without a cap on your pistol, would you? Now, it was common at the time for the priming cap to fall uh, uh, off a, a ball pistol So, mm-hmm. while, while riding a horse. So because they're on a horse that's jostling around, the, the priming cap would fall off, and then the gun couldn't shoot or... Maybe it could, but something would happen. So anyway the gun It was just a
1: social faux pas.
0: Yeah. The gun well, I think it would make the either it makes the gun have a problem or it can't shoot. But right. either way you don't want to shoot it. Okay. The gunslinger made the mistake of looking down at his gun and then he was shot off his saddle by a porter. All right. So he had some smarts. Yep. Uh one day a pint sized but very drunk Irishman named Flanagan. Oh accosted Rockwell in the street and asked him,
1: I need portraits, Rockwell. I think we can't. I, we can't I, Irish accents are in 60% of the dollars. Oh, 60%. We just are able to find
0: it. When Rockwell said yes, Flanagan replied, Well, then, by God, you're the man whose underwear returned to bullets, and I've been called by God to put it To the proof to the revelation, you understand. So speak Flanagan! 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 Flanagan. Hey! Flanagan! Hmm. Calm down! I'm talking like Porter!
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, it's a good porter.
0: (coughs) Flanagan then produced a large pistol and stuck it in Rockwell's mouth. (coughs) The Irishman began to proclaim many and varied obscenities concerning Porter. Go ahead, suck that fucking gun.
1: Soak that gun.
0: Soak it. Yeah, like you that. You like it, yeah. Oh, shit. That's, yeah. Oh, that's a fucking do a thing. look there. at that. Hey. Oh,
1: Christ. you got to purr them out, you do. Oh, no, it'd be so sweet. <laughs> oh,
0: it's like the whiskey going in there. Work
1: the handle a little oh. bit with your other hand. Okay, there you go. Play with the handle. Oh, that's a gun. There. Fiddle with the handle while you suck it. Oh, do you like it then? Oh, I'm going to shoot. Ooh, I'm going to shoot. Do you like it I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot. Oh, a leprechaun. Wait. What? Wait. The, what?
0: <laughs> Alas. But on this occasion, Porter did not seem to have the total and complete confidence of the prophecy, and he endured the 10-minute drunken rant of the Irishman without replying. The Irishman then let him go. <laughs> uh,
1: that's how you beat an Irish guy. Let him talk himself <laughs> out. Oh, God, I guess I'm tired. Though. I can't even remember when I fucking came over here in the first place no, to be part is, of the Why honest. is me God in your mouth? The
0: fuck are we talking why about? Put it in there. I owe
1: you a fucking apology. Oh, I do.
0: Fuck me. Christ almighty. Oh, Lord. <laughs> In 1857, the President of the United States, James Buchanan, thought uh, there was a Mormon rebellion against the United States. So he ordered an army to come to Utah to fight against them and to replace Brigham Young as governor. But there wasn't any rebellion. So Brigham Young ordered Porter Rockwell to slow them down without killing any soldiers. Porter succeeded by visiting the government camp at night, silently tapping pins out of their wagon wheels and scattering their horses. I mean, it's like it's a bad movie. Yeah, it is slapstick. In 1858, the conflict ended when they found out the Mormons were loyal to the U.S. government and Brigham Young accepted President Buchanan's apology for his invitation. This would be known in political circles as Buchanan's blunder. Hmm. Yeah. During the time, Porter was involved in an attack on a half dozen Californians known as the Aiken Party. The party consisted of six professional gamblers gamblers from California coming from the easy pickings, coming for the easy pickings of the Rubes in Utah. My heart heart skipped a beat on that word. I hear you. They were attacked west of Salt Lake and four of them killed instantly. The other two apparently escaped and were never heard from again. However, the testimony of Alice Lamb indicates they were killed and their bodies thrown into a large spring near the road. She adds that the party was only stunned by the first shot when Porter Rockwell stepped up, placed a pistol to one of the gamblers' ears, and said, This never misses, and literally blew his brains out. Oh. So he just re- he just came up behind them, fucking blew one of their heads off, and then shot the rest of them. This never misses. Boom. That's a good tag. Right. it's a good line. The Mormons believed that the party of gamblers carried with them quote, powders to drug Mormon women and that they deserve death anyhow. Okay. So there were a bunch of Cosby's rolling in. Yeah. A fucking team of Cosby's. <laughs> As relations between the Mormons and the U.S. government improved, Porter began to look for a way to pick up money. He started with a mail-carrying service. Sure. I mean, what else? Yeah, well, I, we need more of those. And also opened up the Rockwell's Hot Springs Brewery Hotel. Wow, he's really... He yeah. knows
1: he knows where that, butter, that bread he gets buttered. He certainly does.
0: Uh, that would be the first brewery established in Utah. Porter brewed beer and a special type of Mormon whiskey called Valley Tan Whiskey. Mark Twain reviewed the whiskey in his Wild West travelogue, Roughing It. Valley Tan is a kind of whiskey or first cousin to It, it is of Mormon invention and manufactured only in Utah. Tradition says it is made of imported fire and brimstone. Indeed, the Mormon-curated Valley Tan was soon sweeping the West by storm, with prominent figures like Twain and Rockwell drunkenly singing its pra- praises. Well, of course he is, because he owns it. Yeah. Porter also sold Valley Tan whiskey for a dollar a bottle, which seems like a lot for back then. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe right. it's not, but it's uh. And if he was in the right mood, he would entertain travelers with tales of the outlaws he had trailed or the horse thieves he had captured. It was Porter's fame as a mountain man that attracted the explorer Richard Francis Burton to him. In 1860, on his trip across America to the West Coast, Burton stopped to explore Salt Lake City and its environments. He stayed with a bishop in a village near the city one evening, and the bishop invited Porter Rockwell to dinner. Porter sent for a bottle of Valley 10 whiskey, and he and Burton drank shot for shot into the night, with Portler outlining steps that Burton should take for safety during his passage to Sacramento. Porter advised Burton to carry a loaded double-barreled shotgun, sleep in a dark camp, never trust appearances, and to avoid the main trail where the white Indians preyed on travelers. White Indians? White Indians were the nickname given white robbers who disguised themselves as Indians to pass off the blame. I, it's how, a fucked up. But if time. you're
1: called white Indians, it's not working.
0: No, it doesn't seem like it is. Yeah. <laughs> it was this night. No, I'm a regular Indian. What are you talking about? It was this night that the that Porter's use of the word "wheat" was first recorded. While the explorer was drinking with Porter, he heard him say "wheat" because he enjoyed the contents of his glass. <laughs> Rockwell is also said to have used the phrase "old wheat in the mill." In referring to an easy task, and that saddle is wheat. Apparently, meaning it was good. <laughs> so wheat meant sweet, and it was also known to scream wheat as a war cry. Okay, so <laughs> what didn't wheat mean? I think I think he might be a moron. Yeah, I think he <laughs> it's might like be. A, did you ever see the stand? The movie, or read the book. The guy's always oh like, yeah, moon! yeah, moon, yeah, oh moon. He's like that guy. <laughs> I'm going to start saying wheat more. In 1862, Porter played an integral role in what is known as the Bear River Massacre. As a white friend of the Shoshone, Porter knew the location of the Indian camp and is reported to have led Calfer units of the 2nd Regiment, California Volunteer Cavalry, to its location. So that's cool. He was friends with them, but he's like, yeah, we can go kill them. Sure. The reg- They're good friends. The regiment showed up and commenced firing, and the Indians were slaughtered like wild rabbits. Ugh. Seeing themselves vastly outnumbered, the Shushun began jumping into the freezing river in an attempt to escape. No one was spared. Men, women, and children were killed. Chief Bearhunter was known as the leader by the soldiers. He was kicked and tortured and finally because he would not cry out, had a burning hot rifle bayonet run through his ears. Oh my god. 450 men, women, and children. Were oh in the my camp god. That day. So he he did that. He's part of that. He helped out with that. I can't get over how Running bear? Blue? No, bear. Uh, Chief bear hunter. Chief bear hunter? Yeah, he took a hot poker between the ears. Fucking hey. Porter's infamy continued to grow. Indians feared him, saying that it was impossible to kill him. Cowboys and outlaws sang songs about him around campfires. Newspapers reported uh, crediting him with 40 or so murders. Life then seemed to calm down for some time for Porter, and it appears that he mostly sold alcohol, living quietly as a man in that o- occupation. Although he once threw one of his assistant bartenders through a window. Yeah, but it's, 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 yeah, that makes sense. Get, Wait! Crazy. Smash! <laughs> <laughs> he also managed to get a stake in a silver mine that became the successful Rockwell Mining Company.
1: Oh, dude, I thought, like, in my head I pictured meat. I was like, steak in a
0: mine? <laughs> I was like, he opened like a steakhouse, be, he a, a steakhouse in a mine? He a steakhouse
1: <laughs> in a mine. He was an adventurous yeah. man. Have the canary tasted first.
0: He also uh, uh, was still a lawman, because he was a lawman for life. For yeah, no, you can't shake it now. As an eastbound eastbound stagecoach uh, made its way from Riverbed to Simpson Springs carrying 40000 in gold, its driver spotted a, the body of a man lying in the sparse stage by the side of the road. He stopped the coach while the shotgun guard climbed down to see what had happened. This is the stupidest... Idea that anyone has ever had. Just keep going. It's a dead body or it's not. If it is... Well, it's not. When the guard rolled the body over, he suddenly found himself looking into the business end of a cocked six-shooter. The driver was made to throw down the box, after which he and the guard, minus their guns, were told to get going. The robbery was reported uh, at Simpson Springs, and the following day, Porter Rockwell was on the trail. He found the tracks of a hidden horse, which the outlaws had used to carry the heavy loot... He tracked it southward to a camp near the West Trinic Mountains. Rockwell observed the camp for two days until he saw the outlaw walk into the cedars several times, each time returning with a sack of coins stolen from the stage. Uh Rockwell arrested him and after loading the loot, took the outlaw to Point Lookout Station where he entrusted the prisoner to a stable boy while he slept after three days and nights on the trail. Hmm. He makes a lot of really shitty decisions. This is not a good call. With the criminals he has. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he. You're a stable boy. You yeah. want to watch this guy. I'm actually uh, pretty unstable. I I'm, I like to be around horses because people make me feel weird. All right. You're
1: perfect. Don't let this guy fuck with anything.
0: I feel weird. There you go. While Rockwell slept, the outlaw escaped. What? I know. But the marshal was soon on his trail again and followed him all the way to Montana, where he killed him.
1: Alright, finally. It was only Finish after, that job.
0: <laughs> it was only after Rock Road returned from the chase that uh, he learned the outlaw had only time to dig up part of the stagecoach loot before he was arrested. A sack containing 10,000 in gold was still missing. Even to this day, people search for it. Oh, wow. Near that area where he was. Oh, no man, one ever... That area right
1: now it just has to have so many psychos there with metal oh, detectors. Fuck like, man, if I can just catch me? a
0: break. Um... <clears throat> In 1869, the vice president of the United States, Shulier Colfax...
1: Uh, my favorite VP.
0: ...came to Salt Lake City and gave a speech. He condemned the practice of polygamy and the generally ex- exclusive non-American policy of Mormon leaders. He also called Porter a killer. Porter objected. Yeah, I, How dare he? And yelled out, I never killed anyone who didn't need killing! Oh, that's a good defense. He was then said to occasionally yell that out throughout the entire speech. Wait! So after one time, he just kept throughout the rest of the speech. I never did that, killing nobody. Uh, right, right, need por- that. Porter, Porter, Porter.
1: Okay, relax.
0: I didn't kill Porter, Porter, didn't Porter, 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 kill Porter, Porter, Porter,
1: wait. Porter, 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 Porter.
0: You know what I Porter, did, did, Porter, Porter,
1: Porter. Good, Porter, Porter.
0: For the love of Porter, oh, wait, wait. Uh, he took a fourth wife, who was his former housekeeper. She was uh, 34. He was 59.
1: Gosh. They made, really
0: just. They made three girls. Oh, Christ. Right, with the the parts. Um, I, I know how it works. One died after birth. This was pretty standard. Uh, Porter was never brought to account for any of his shit while Brigham Young was alive. Because Brigham Young was like, "Yeah, oh, this is the fucking guy. Yeah. After Young died, however, Rockwell was charged with the murder of John Aiken and arrested in 1877. Lawyers attempted to prepare, prepare his defense uh, met with frustration. His answer to every question they asked was, wait, wait. <laughs> Did you uh, no. s- just tell us about the Aiken situation? Wait, that's not true. No, it's true. What? He we, he just kept saying we? It, it's his personal response, which had several meanings, one of which was bullshit. <laughs> Okay, so you come up on Aiken, and then what do you do? What? Wait! Uh, wait! Oh, I dropped the ball there. I'm yeah, you sorry. You certainly did. You're tired. I am. Released on $15,000 bail, he died of natural causes in 1878 at the age of 64. hey Disappointing the uh, many outlaws who wanted to kill him. Even though there were many attempts on his life, the prophecy of Joseph Smith still came true. No bullet or blade ever harmed Porter Rockwell. He is buried in the Salt Lake City Cemetery from an obituary at the time. Porter Rockwell was that most terrible instrument that can be handled by fanaticism. A powerful physical nature welded him to a mind of very narrow perceptions, intense convictions, and changeless tenacity. In his build, he was a gladiator. In his humor, a Yankee lumberman. In his memory, a bourbon. In his vengeance, an Indian. A strange mixture only to be found on the American continent. That's from future leader of the church, Joseph Smith, at Porter Rockwell's funeral. Wow. Oh, this is from that. Right? Porter Rockwell was yesterday afternoon ushered into heaven, clothed with immortality and eternal life, and crowned with all glory, which belongs to a departed saint. He has his little faults, but Porter's life on earth, taken together, was worthy of example and reflected honor upon the church. Though all his trials, he had never once forgotten his obligations to his brethren and God. At the time of his death, he was the oldest living member of the Church of Latter-day Saints. One of his old saddles is still on display at the Hutchins Museum. The stirrups are adjusted at two different lengths to accommodate his shorter leg. There is a bar called Porter's Place in Utah that is dedicated to honoring the heritage of uh, Porter Rockwell. There is a bronze statue of Old Port located by the cast register and two other large statues of him. One is a life-size sculpture behind the bar in front of the Lehigh Legacy Center. The other is a larger-than-life statue at the Porter Rockwell Business Park in Bluffdale, Utah. There he go. Wow. There he go.
1: But why? isn't it weird how you can, like... It's just so fucking weird how... If it's under the guise of religion, then you're able to, a lot, it's okay to murder. Like, then you don't, like, why, why is that?
0: I don't fucking know. Why can you, why does this guy get statues? Well, to some people, he's a hero, right? To other people, he's a nightmare. But you get, if you're a hero to some, you get a statue.
1: Yeah, but he's a hero to them because he, was was a murderer? well, I mean, he's definitely a murderer. But they
0: needed—that's what they needed at the time. They were at war. Yeah, but because they're crazy. But I don't—I th- don't think Mormons are any crazier than any other religion. I just don't.
1: I—I I do, and the reason why is because of how recent. It's like science. It's like a Scientology in a way. It doesn't matter. It all has to start somewhere. Well, it's all. Bullshit. Any time, religion is
0: bullshit. And it doesn't matter that it's fresher than, than when Jesus was walking or Muhammad. It's just it's but, just, but we newer. just
1: we but we have more like recent evidence to how much bullshittier
0: it is. But anybody who is charismatic Really, a leader. Have you ever been around a person who has that leader thing? Oh, you're looking at one right now, baby. People are always like, I'll follow you. People
1: are always like, I'll follow you wherever you go, bro. Like, you tell me what you need, I'll follow you to the gates of hell. Like, I've always been a natural born leader, and I thank you for bringing it up. It's not. And I appreciate the compliment. It's not. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Yeah,
0: that's not it. Thank Um, you. Now, what it is is that, like, I used to enjoy Louisville college basketball when I was young mm-hmm. and, and one, uh, one day I was on a tour and I was doing a show at Louisville and the person was like, oh, you're a Louisville fan? You want to meet the coach? And I was like, yeah, sure. That'd be cool. And that was the first time I was ever around a guy. I was like, oh, right. Like they just have this insane presence that you just go, whatever you say, man, what's going on? Like there are just people out there that have a thing. Okay. And that can start a religion. Uh, okay, but I, I think—I
1: I don't understand why
0: killing in the name of religion makes it better. But it's, it's the same as killing in the name of anything else. That's when people were all like— It isn't, though. I don't because, think it makes it better. Because O.J.
1: Simpson's not going to get a fucking statue outside of O.J.'s bar. Yeah, but there
0: are plenty of people who kill someone— and our heroes if you kill a child molester you're uh, or or if you kill a, a gay member who's a bad guy like there's so many people who have been killed throughout history that has nothing to do with religion they just kill someone else and everyone goes fuck yeah that's how it should be it's all the fucking time but and i think you but we i i feel like as a society we
1: the religious ones we continue to celebrate like you can publicly be like
0: well, some religions we do and some religions we don't. We don't celebrate... There are people who... You know, the, the, the guys who killed the French cartoonists, they're celebrated by some and not by the other. But if well, the but roles that's, reversed... Yeah, but that... And someone shot someone but, but, because of a Jesus... Like, like the, take the thing made out of... The Jesus painting made out of shit in Brooklyn. Like uh-huh. That was like 10 or 15 years ago. If someone killed that artist... Don't you think there would be a shitload of Christians but, going? But Fuck that's yeah. but that's what I, I'm not saying that everybody.
1: But that's why what I what is bothersome is that it if it's your if it's your religion, yeah, then killing is
0: okay. But it's also if it's your town, if it's like if you are if you are in 1942. Uh, take Oregon you're in Oregon in 1942 and one of your boys or half your town comes home in coffins and then a fucking asian dude comes rolling through and he's like hey can you help me out somewhere and they're like we're fucking interning you and you shoot him that town is like fuck yeah you did a righteous thing yeah it's i don't think i don't think i mean you but can it's very it's very much religion well no, th- no, nothing's killed more people than religion I, I agree with that but i also think you can go through History and find shitloads of times when people just killed, and everyone's like, That was awesome! And it had nothing to do with religion. Someone should do a podcast about that sort of <laughs> shit.
1: <laughs> Alright. Alright, we tried. <laughs> that was Porter Rockwell. <laughs> bah, bug. Oh, uh, yeah. That bug has been fucking Kill him it. all day. Kill it.